Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Love Talk Radio. You have tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is debtfreewealthradio.com. Debt Free Wealth Radio is a production of trudybehrman.com. If you're listening in on your mobile phone on the web or through iTunes podcast, welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to empowering those who desire debt-free wealth to delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets through money education, resources, and opportunities. Let me guide you to debt-free wealth. Today's topic comes from the category of deleting debt, and the topic is the creditors are coming, a Bible story. The excessive use of debt to finance life is par for the course for most people, and the creditors are coming. Living paycheck to paycheck does not allow for leftovers, and breadwinners today are either struggling to do what needs to be done or sidestepping the job altogether. Breadwinners lead through divorce or death, and wives with children are left to figure it all out. And the children, unfortunately, end up paying the highest price. Now, in this story today, which is taken from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, a godly man dies, leaving his family in debt and no provision for their care. They have no assets, and the creditor has determined that the woman's son will become slaves to pay the debt for their father. But now his creditors are coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This is the cry of the widow, of the prophet, a peer of Elijah. This episode of Debt Free Wealth Radio is steeped in Bible, people, so if the Bible offends you, you may want to opt out of listening right now. But I, however, reserve the right to design my shows the way I see fit. Be blessed. If you feel like calling in with a question or a comment, the phone number is 323-417-6775. Now, I truly believe that the real crisis of the economic recession is less about the loss of asset value and more about the burden of debt. For example, if you owned your home free and clear and the market value dropped your home from 300000 to 100000 how much would that affect you? Now, if you owed 300000 on your home, which is now valued at 100000 it would affect you big time. Yes, assets did, appreci- did, did depreciate with the economic recession, but I think the bigger crisis of that time was debt and debt management. And I know I have said this often, but I'm going to say it again. There is no such thing as good debt or bad debt, but there is such a thing as necessary and unnecessary debt. So let's look at the story taken from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and I'm reading from the New International Version. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he, is, that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, 
What do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your son. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her son. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your son can live on what is left. Now, what I love about this particular woman is that she represents a cross-section of many women today. She's a wife, a mother, a widow, and because of her husband's death, she also represents single moms. Now, I wanted to look at this under the concept of her man, her mountain, her mission, her miracle, and her management. Her man. This widow's husband was a breadwinner of the family, and she depended on him to to ensure that the family is taken care of and all the bills are paid. However, we find her at a time when her husband has passed on long enough for the debts to have mounted, and the collectors are coming into her home to extract their payment at the cost of the very lives of her children. And many of us in recent times have felt this type of debt pressure. Her mountain. There is a saying not to make a mountain out of a molehill. But I think we can all agree that this woman, this woman, this widow's problem was no molehill. Her problem was indeed as huge as a mountain. She did not just have a hurdle. She had a huge mountain before her. And all she could see from the top of the mountain was a valley below, a very low place. Now, the Bible does not say, but maybe her husband died when her sons were still young. There is no evidence that they were old enough to take care of their mother, nor that they had learned any marketable skills from their father. So while nothing is said, we do have to extrapolate that there was nothing in place to provide for his family with his passing. Ladies and gentlemen, I can hardly miss this opportunity not to take an aside from this story to remind you that unless you deliberately plan a suicide, there is no way that you will know the day, hour, or moment of a death. of you you or your loved one. So to assume on tomorrow is not wise. At your first opportunity after this show, review your life insurance, the will, the family assets, so that your family does not fall into similar circumstances like this one in the Bible. Now, as a single mom, this woman could not manage to keep the bills paid upon the death of her husband. Many women are in this situation, divorce or death. A lot of women cannot manage on their own to pay the bills that are left behind. And you can only last so long without paying the bills before foreclosure and harassment will come your way. The passage says, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This man of God had debt and his creditors were coming to extract their payment. And many of us can relate to this. The creditor is coming directly to our house. Creditors today and back then, they do what is known as an asset assessment. Before they even come knocking on it, or they already know whether it's worth their time to come after you or not. And before they arrive, they already know what they're coming after. Some of us find that they came in the night and repossessed the car. 
Some of us come to find that they're handing us eviction notices as they process the foreclosures. Some find that their bank accounts are frozen and funds are removed. Some find that wage, future wages are legally garnished. And this family, in the Bible here, had no obvious assets. So the creditor was coming for her two sons. How much her husband must have owed because the creditor was not, not coming for one, but both of her sons. So we looked at her man, we looked at her mountain. Now let's, let's, let's take a look at her mission. This widow, despite the hopelessness before her, did not sit in sorrow worrying. She did not watch through the window waiting for the inevitable. She did not give up. In this time of trouble, this widow, this single mother of two boys, this destitute woman with no income or savings, this woman with no obvious assets, she went on a mission to solve her problem. I don't know about you, but a lot of us today will do whatever it takes to protect our children, and that's what she was doing. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elijah. Now remember her husband, this, this woman's husband, you know, was a man of God. And not just any man of God, a man who was a peer of Elijah. Now her husband used debt to solve his financial problem. But this woman did not use the world's strategy. What does this world teach us about finances? To solve her problem, she did not take out a new line of credit. She did not ask for an extension from her creditors. This woman had a financial debt that she had never, and she had never managed her family finances before. Yet, she did not consult the financial advisors or experts of the day. She goes to the best resource that she knows how to fix this problem. She went to the brethren, but not just any Christian brother. She went to Elisha, a prophet of God. I wonder, who is the first person that you pick up the phone and share your challenges with? Where is the first place that you go when you have a challenge? Well, in this woman's case, she didn't have a husband to go to. She went to the man of God. So we have looked at her man, her mountain, and her, miracle, her mission. Now let's look at her miracle. What I love about what God does here is the simplicity of the solution. Elisha did not send her to go back out and go to school and learn something new. And I just want to stop right here for a second. Going back to school is a popular strategy being used today to solve a debt problem. People are going back to school because they're bored. They don't have any work to do and they're bored. And they, all, they justify going back by saying that they're going to learn a new skill. All right? And it sounds reasonable enough, but what happens to a lot of people is that they emerge from this school using this strategy deeper in debt because a lot of them are coming out of school with no better chance of getting a job than before they went into school. And the worst thing about educational debt, unlike credit debt and bank loans and all, is that educational debt cannot disappear with bankruptcy. But this is a very popular world strategy that people are actively using today who are in debt. Educational money is relatively easy to get doesn't matter if you have a bankruptcy. It's easy to get and they go back to school and they take up this money and people are finding themselves. I've done many shows on educational debt. Anyway, so 
her response to Elijah, because remember, no Elijah asked her, what do you have in your house? And her response was, your servant has nothing at all. Their servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of oil. Except, except, except. How many of you have a working vehicle? Do you know that many people have set up taxi services in response to the need for people who don't have a vehicle? How many of you have been at a huge event, maybe a wedding, and hired help in the form of catering or waiters or photographers to make it special? You know how many services have originated out of the response to this need? Remember now that this this widow had a problem. She knew she had a problem. She set out to the man of God to discuss her issue. And when she be, when he begins to talk solutions to her, her first response is, your servant has nothing there at all. Your servant has nothing there at all. I propose that many of you are standing in this very place, convinced that you have nothing at all. However, if you bring these negative beliefs before the Lord, he will show you, he will show you your accept. He will show you how you how you can use the accept as a foundation to your miracle. The instruction says that she was to shut the door upon herself and her sons. And as she poured, they put, and they brought the vessels to her. And the miracle for this woman was it was for her and her family alone. As she poured, the oil kept pouring. As they brought her a new vessel, the oil kept pouring. And this miracle was for this woman and her family. It was a private miracle from God. Elijah told her to shut the door. You know, very few people would even believe this miracle if they saw it with their own eyes. And indeed, they may as well not be a part of, of, the, of the observation of such a miracle. Try explaining how God works in your life and see the circles around you don't come out to discredit you. There are just some things that are impossible to explain with logic and science. And the things of the Lord are right up there amongst them. So we looked at her man, we looked at her mountain, we looked at her mission, we looked at the widow's miracle. Now let's look at her management. Now there's two things this woman had to manage. She had to manage her business and she had to manage her money. So let's look at the first one. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your son can live on what is left. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. This woman has probably never worked a day in her life. And now the prophet tells her to go and sell. Go and sell. Selling is a good thing, people. Selling is a good thing. Don't be afraid of it. Some of you are so locked into the sweet golden handcuffs of the J-O-B. And some of you will go as far as the east is from the west before you consider selling anything. Sales is something you shroud in negativity. But as a business owner, I can tell you there is nothing more frustrating than writing a paycheck to someone just because they warm the cheer that you spent your money to buy for X number of hours for that week, whether they were productive or not. Now, but the mindset to hold out your hand for a paycheck is so ingrained in so many people's minds as the only way to earn an income. But Elisha told this widow to go and sell, go and sell the oil. So Elisha sent this woman out to sell. She was going to have to learn this business by immersion. 
There's nothing to say she was a selling woman before. She was a wife. And she was going to have to learn now because she was going to have to sell. And she was going to learn this business by immersion. And sometimes that is the only way to learn something. How many of you are in business for yourself? And how many of you are looking for a J-O-B and that job may still be in sales? You know, we're always selling something, and some of us are selling ourselves to the highest bidder because some of us will only take the job that's offering the highest pay package, even if it's a job you don't really like. But we're always selling, or even if it's just to sell ourselves through a resume. And hopefully you're not lying as you paint a verbal picture of yourself so that you can sell yourself as the best candidate for the job. But we're always selling. Selling, whether you like it or not, we're almost always selling. Now, let me show you another instance where the Bible says something about selling. Proverbs 11, verse 26 says, The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. When you sell, there is a blessing exchange. The person receives something that they needed, and you receive a monetary compensation in exchange. So there's nothing wrong with selling people. And Elijah tells this woman to go and sell. So that's the first thing she had to manage. She had to learn how to manage a business. But he also tells her to pay her debts and live on the rest. To pay her debts and live on the rest. Now, this is huge. Remember, I'm all about debt-free wealth. This is huge. I see a lot of people will get a little pay increase. And instead of seeing it as extra money that they can use to extricate themselves from a debt, they ramp up their spending. All of a sudden, that little extra $50 a month you get on your paycheck is now put towards a $50 monthly bill. <laughs> I see it all the time. Here is a product that I sell. Yes, I sell. I sell products. And this particular product costs fourteen ninety-five. This product tells you your exact debt freedom date based on the known debt you already have committed yourself to. I have seen clients keel over in their chairs to hear that their existing debt and minimum payment requirements that their debt freedom date would be 40 years, 50 years, 55 years. This 1495 product also has software that's built into it to shuffle the debt you have to show you the best order to pay them off in. And if you had an extra $25, you can plug it in and it will show you the best place to apply it, and it will then recalculate your debt freedom date. This software that I sell for $14.95 also has a fast pay plan built into it that within, is within dollars of what you've already agreed as your minimum payment will show you the order of payments to shorten your debt freedom date. Do you think this is worth $14.95? Well, if you think so, it also comes with identity theft monitoring, protection, and insurance. And if you're interested, just contact me and we'll talk about it later. So let's get back to our story. Elisha tells this woman, to go and sell and then pay her debt and live on the rest. This is God's financial strategy, folks. This is God's financial strategy. Her husband, a man of God, went into debt. She went to the man of God and got a different strategy. Elisha told her to go and sell, go pay her debt and live on the rest. Live on the rest. Remember, the first thing she had to do was learn to manage her business. The second thing she had to learn was to manage her money. Live on the rest. This is another management task that she needed to learn on the go because, again, her husband took care of everything before. She was going to need to learn to budget this money because she was going to pay the debt and live on what is left. Live on what is left? What do you think this means? Right? 
she was going to have to manage what was left to ensure that she and her sons could live. And if who, who knows how long she was going to need to, to be in the situation because it wasn't going to be forever, you know, because her sons would grow up or whatever. But the point is she was going to have to manage the what was left. You know, many people get a windfall. And the next thing, you know, like, for example, they get me to say, I've heard of people getting 7000 back from tax returns. <laughs> a lot of the times there's more money than they even put in. Some of them didn't work much for the year. Get $7,000, and all of a sudden the money is gone and they have nothing to show for it. She was going to have to, after paying her debt, because you must pay the debt. You can't ignore them. But after she paid the debt, she was going to have to manage what was left to live on the rest, her and her son. So, for Elisha to declare that you and your sons can live on what is left is also testament that what God provides is more than enough, especially if it's managed as a good steward. So after she paid off her husband's debt in God's economy, there was enough left. I tell you people, never again praise the Lord for when you get approval for a new credit card. If you find yourself in necessary debt, necessary debt, the Bible does account for necessary debt. And there's instructions in the Bible whether you are the lender, the borrower, or the co-signer. There are times for necessary debt. But I don't believe there's any such thing as a good debt. But there is such a thing as a necessary debt. And, but we'll talk about that in another Debt Free Wealth radio show. So I just want to wrap up for you right now to conclude. The man of God in this story used debt, an earthly strategy to manage his financial issues. Men have a tendency to feel that they can handle stuff, that they don't like to ask for directions when they're lost, and they don't want to ask your advice on things that they're working on, and they don't even like to ask for your help. Ladies, you know this to be true for a lot of the men out there. This man in this story sought to solve his financial challenges himself, and he died leaving his wife and her young children who are not of age, as we can tell, he left them in debt. This strategy of the world is to lure us into debt because the devil always has the ulterior motive of our enslavement. His wife, on the other hand, who realized that she could not count on herself to fix this problem, she goes to the man of God for direction and help. She follows Elisha's instructions to the T. She doesn't argue with him about why it works or what won't work. She doesn't pretend to know more than he does. And she's not, she doesn't challenge him with that the logic does not compute. The math did not add up, people. The math did not add up. Remember she said, except for a small jar of oil. Now, if she were Jamaican, that man not even have been enough to fry up her Johnny Cakes. And if she's an American, it probably wouldn't have been enough to fry, to make French fries, because that requires a lot of oil. The math in this story does not compute. She had a small jar of oil, and in the hands of the Lord, with this miracle, she was able to pay off all of her husband's debt and live on the rest. From this small jar of oil, her miracle of multiplication came, and the balance was more than enough. So this is the way God manages money. Satan cannot be your financial advisor because he's lowering you in with credit and debt and he's setting a trap to enslave us and our children. Right now, the nation of America owns so much to the world that our debt is enslaving us, our children, and our children's children. So, did we do it, guys? 
Did we deliver value to you today? If so, I really would appreciate if you'd give me some love in return by clicking the like button and following my show. And if you have a product, service, or opportunity that helps others delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets, follow our show. Send me a request and be a guest to be a guest, and we'll talk, discuss how we can make that happen. So I'm actually going to be a, a speaker at a women's conference this weekend. And um, thank you for joining me today. And we're going to be doing a little bit different of a show format starting next month. What we're going to do is develop a whole topic over the course of a month. And I'm going to actually be starting the, the, the series with women and money. So we look at women in different phases of their life and talk about women and money. And that starts the first Friday in June. So thank you for joining me today. Trudy Behrman here of TrudyBehrman.com and Debt Free Wealth Radio. Thank you.